This is the Ed Milet Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Max Out. Hey, my guest today is David Nurse. If you don't know who David is, you're going to be blown away by what we're going to talk about today. And it's going to improve your life. I can tell you that for sure. I always try to bring people on that do that for you. But in a very unique and special way today, this man is equipped uh, to do that for you. He's a life optimization coach. He's the author of Pivot and Go. And he's just got these. He's an Iowa boy, so I already like him. You guys know how much I love actionable items that you can move with immediately, and he is loaded with them. So it's really a pleasure to have David Nurse with me today. David, welcome to the show, brother. Ed, thank you very much. Been a big-time fan and listener of yours, so as much as encouraging as I am, I mean, you motivate me, man. Thank you, brother. I, I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits because we both want to make a very similar difference in the world, and um, the more I dove into your work and your content uh, the more and more impressed I became, I, I almost consider myself maybe a little bit of an addict for the work you do now, because some of it is phrased in a way that I've not heard before. And that's what I like. It's like a young version. Um, I don't know if it's a young Tony Robbins version or what the heck I might call it, but I love it. So let's talk first off about pivoting the book, Pivot and Go too. But you know, right now we're catching a lot of people, millions of people that are sort of in this you know, I got to make a pivot type move. And one of the things I love in the book that you talk about is you got to get a perspective. You call it like a higher perspective almost uh, in order to make those decisions. What do you mean by just kind of let you go on that tangent for a minute? Absolutely. So uh, making a pivot, like it's, it's a basketball term where the defense is all over you or life is just sucking you in and you can't see a clear path, but you make a small, slight turn, a <clears throat> small pivot and it opens up an entirely new perspective. And it's, you know, change is very daunting for people when you say, hey, you have to make this big change. No one, it, it rarely, rarely can anyone do it. But if it's these small, these pivots, these 1% step pivots, that's what can open up an entire, entirely different perspective. And right now, like we're all going through an, a time that we feel stuck. In some situation, we feel stuck. And that's one of the worst feelings that we can have, me and you, we know that, that we had to make our life pivot through sports, and we poured everything we could into playing professional sports, myself, the NBA, and we had to make that pivot. Like everything that I did to pour into, the, into playing in the NBA was actually for coaching in the NBA. So it's, mm-hmm. it's about looking at something from a slightly different perspective that can mm-hmm. change your entire perspective. I think people are very hesitant to make, you know, 50% pivots, you know, in one move. And that's really not usually where most of the differences are made. They're small. David also referenced the NBA. I think you're the nephew of Nick Nurse, who's, you know, one of the great NBA coaches. People think the NBA coach right now. And then you all know that, you know, David does this for all kinds of people, but his forte, particularly for a long time, has been with NBA players. And you said something. I, I say that everything in life happens for you, not to you. You say something close to that, but in a very nuanced and different way that involves preparation almost for the rest of your life. How do you word that if you just share that with everybody? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's about preparing for the opportunity. And I, I love that you brought up my Uncle Nick because he's a, a great example of this. Now, people see him as winning this NBA championship and they're like, oh, you know, first-year head coach, lightning strikes in a bottle. No, he's been a head coach for 27 years. And 
One of my favorite quotes is it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, but in Nick's terms, 27 years to become an overnight success. And, and I've seen him coaching over in countries you don't even know play basketball, taking players' ankles, popping popcorn at halftime. But the thing is, he lived in that, hey, I am an NBA champion head coach. And when he was 22, when he started his coaching career, he put a picture of himself holding an NBA trophy on the fridge. And he saw that. Every day he lived in that mindset and mm. developed that subconscious awareness of, hey, I don't have to be what the world says I am. All this self-doubt, this negative talk, I can be, I can live in this NBA champion coach that I know who, I, who I'm going to be. Mm. And now it's about embracing the process of taking what I call 1% steps. And this makes it not as daunting. 1% steps, anybody can do that daily. It's mm. not, you have to take the whole, you look at the big macros mm -hmm. and then you take, you take the little micros knowing that these steps, I mean, the most powerful thing there is, is the compounding effect where you stack yes. these 1% days on 1% days, understanding it's going to take 27 years to become an overnight success. But if you stay with it, you will get there. And I, like for your story, I, I love how you, you just like literally, hey, I'm going to work my butt off for these three years and then we'll get there. But you yeah. put in that work behind the scenes that nobody sees. Yeah, well, you're also being very humble. So did you. So most of you probably wouldn't know this about him, but he was driven to become an NBA player. And he now says that all that work he was doing was preparing him for what he's doing now. And he, his philosophy is you're all doing that. It may not seem like it, but what you're doing right now is preparing you for what you're destined to do. And just you're being humble, Dave, but I, I happen to know that you basically lived in your car for like ever. <laughs> like basically this dude's homeless. He's traveling around the world, kind of really doing not for free, but for almost nothing and free often. I don't think enough people are willing to sacrifice short term financially to get the experience, to build the reputation, to build the brand. And then boom, the Brooklyn Nets call and kind of the world starts to take off. But what I'd like you to address, because during that time and during my time, I'm sure during Nick's time, Dwayne Johnson's time when he was struggling and had all, you know, whatever he had in his wallet that he talks about. There's a lot of self-doubt. And I love techniques that help fix things. And you got this thing, man, with the mirror. Oh, yes. That is just awesome. Like, I, I, I'm waiting the whole week to do this part of the interview right now because I think this is so freaking brilliant. So would you share this strategy with people, please? Absolutely, man. I'm really big on giving people tools, actionable steps, yeah. for actually how to do things. Because it's one thing to talk about the purpose and the whys, and that's all great. But there's a big disconnect between actually knowing and doing. So I'll take you through the whole hands example, and you can put this into, into play in your life. Yeah. And this is a tool that we all have. So we all have our hands with us. So first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you look at your hands and you see all that they've been through. Do this right now if you're listening. Look at the calluses, the grooves, everything that you have been through, you have gotten through. So you're gonna get through the next challenging time as well. Now, imagine the most confident person in your life. Maybe it's a teacher, a parent, a mentor. You see everything that they've been through. Now your hands are their hands, their hands are your hands. You can get through it as well. So you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, look at those hands. You have the confident, self-awareness hands. Now, at some point, you're going to walk past a mirror. Most often, it's, it's early on to brush your teeth or wash your face. Now, this mirror is what I call the mirror of self-doubt, the foggy mirror. We all wake up with self-doubt. The imposter syndrome is in us when we wake up. And we have that choice 
to live in that and what the world is telling us that we have to be are the expectations, or we can take our hands, those hands, and make the motion of wiping away that foggy mirror. So literally there's the power in actually making this motion, triggering into our subconscious that, hey, we don't have to live in this self-doubt that we have. We wipe away this foggy mirror with our hands. So to keep it going with it now, so we have these hands, we've got our confident hands, we have our wiping away the self-doubt hands. Now these hands are our service hands too. So every room that you enter, look at your hands and say the word serve. So you know when you step into that room, it's not about yourself or what others can do for you, what you can get out of it. It's about what you can give, what you can pour into others, how you can serve others. Is that honestly like it? That is the biggest thing. It takes so much pressure off ourselves knowing that it's not all on us, but it's how we can give and how we can serve. And so with these hands, try that. Like it's really powerful, man. Try that when you enter a room or when you type an email or write a text, you can look at your hands and say, serve. And the last part of the hands, the tool that you always have with you are the encouragement hands. And <clears throat> there's a player in the NBA, Steve Nash, used to play in the NBA. He's my favorite player. He would lead the league, lead the NBA in high fives given. They take that step, high fives given. He gave 239 high fives a game. Like literally, like encouraging everybody. He's a two-time NBA All-Star. He's 6'2", unathletic like myself, but yet he was the best teammate that anybody ever had because he was always given high fives. Wow. And we can all do that. We can be that person who gives high fives. Yeah, sure, maybe it's Zoom high fives right now, but we can always be that person that encourages and, and looking at your hands and, and send, maybe it's sending out, I, I do it every morning, I send out either three texts or three video messages to someone that maybe I haven't talked to for a while, just an encouraging note to them. And man, you wouldn't believe that the amount of change that or trajectory in their life that has had just by that encouraging note. And we can all have that encouragement hands. Thank you for sharing that. And guys, um, there's a lot to unpack there. Like, first off, if you follow any of my work, any of you guys, you know that I'm a big believer in triggers. Great athletes do it, but it's something that just now I've been I've been teaching for years behind the scenes to business people, but just now it's becoming more mainstream. This is brilliance, what he just taught you. And it ought to be one of these where you go back a little bit and listen to it again. If you're listening to it, he gave you the physical description if you check out YouTube, but hands are an easy trigger. And I love that there's multiple triggers that you've created there. And all people that I know that perform at a high level have these triggers at their disposal. They're not just thoughts, they're triggers, they're physical. You do enough of these looking at your hands and the wipe away and all of those different things that he's referencing. And these hands serve as well. It's switching it with the confident person. Those are, those are massive, massive tools for people. It just so happens also that Steve Nash is now the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, which is like pretty ironic too, right? So it's or the New Jersey Nets. I don't know what they call themselves now. So that is awesome stuff right there, brother. Thank you for that. Urge everybody to practice that technique. And one other thing, everybody, when you hear someone brilliant like David give you these techniques, these are things that are more effective the more repetitious they become. They're not completely effective the first wipe away, although you'll feel it the first time you look at your hands, although you'll feel it. But I'm going to tell you, the 300th time, it has massive power in your life. The other thing you teach that I love is this notion of terminology, the power that words have over us and the redefinition of them. And it's like, to me right now, this is like a master class on pivoting, changing, self-confidence, and improving your life that the elite athletes only get access to, guys, that you're now getting access to. 
Would you kind of dive a little bit into redefinition of terminology? Such a good question. Yes. And this is very powerful. So this is actually one of the steps. I have a seven steps to develop unshakable confidence. And this is one of them. Very powerful in being able to redefine vocabulary. And what I mean by that is we all grow up learning that certain words mean certain things and we attach them like with failure or success or rich. We all think they mean certain things that we're taught, but not necessarily. Like, let's take, for example, the NBA as we've been talking about basketball. So every time I work with a player, I'll ask them, when was your last shooting slump? And then I'll see them already, their body language goes down and they're like, you know, couple games ago, I couldn't make a shot. I missed every one of them. And then I'll ask them, hey, when was your last shooting hippopotamus? And they look at me like, hey, what are you talking about? You're crazy. What? But what I'm doing there is showing them it's just the power in the word. They have already thought that this word slump means something bad. But it's only if you decide that you have the power to be able to change that, just like failure. Like most people will say, hey, failure's bad. They're scared of failure. Some will even say failure is a way to learn and grow. Yeah, I agree with that. I think failure is the only way to learn and grow. So if we can embrace this failure and look at it, what I call being in the pit, like where you fall down in this pit, this is this failure. And if you can embrace this and understand this is what's sharpening you, this is what's making the fire that makes the diamond even shinier, like this pit that you embrace, like this is how you're going to get out of this failure and come out so much better on the other end. And like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's not about, like these, these failure times, these difficult situation times that happen to us, somebody else along the, along the line is going to go through the same exact thing that we do. Now, we use this failure not only for our own growth, but also to help others grow as well. And that's, that's so powerful, just being able to redefine that word of failure. And even like the word rich. I have a, a chapter in my book called The Rich Life. And it goes into depth of like, what really does rich mean? I mean, you can have a lot of money and you can end up being Steve Jobs and miserable on your deathbed. But are you rich in your relationships with your family, with your kids, with your spouse? Like that's where you can really pour into this living this rich life and redefining these words that the world says we have to think they're one way. We can have them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Brother, so good, so <laughs> good. And, and guys, there's all these words that you use that have certain triggers and power over you as well. And sometimes infusing humorous words for the power word loses all of its influence over you. And so sometimes, whether it's the hippopotamus word or, you know, you know, here comes, you know, this is the angry version of me. And you're like, nah, this is poopy pants or whatever. I sound silly, but it just, you, the ridiculousness of it, then it loses its power over you. Same with when you're in these things that we call slumps and whatnot. I wanted to go back for a second because it's interesting for me, for a guy that works with athletes, for the most part, now you're working with everybody, but found his bearings with athletes. And I do a lot of work with athletes as well. And this is an interesting topic you go to a lot, which is service. It's not something you think you talk to an athlete about, about how to improve their life. And I always say, when you're feeling the most helpless, become helpful. And and instantly, you're no longer helpless. But you said, it's, I, we, I, I moved over it too quickly, and I want to go back to it for a minute, because I'd like to know, do you do it every day? How do you do it? Which was this three-message thing in the morning. Yeah, so every morning, I, I will send out a message, and it's either a text message or a video message, just a small encouragement to somebody. And I'll have my, I, I have a list of all my relationships, and everything, like, 
relationships are who we are. We are the people we surround ourselves with. We know that. But also one thing about cultivating relationships is how you maintain relationships and how you grow relationships. Like that's a skill in itself. And having people know that you're always there for them, you're in their corner, like you're there to cheer them on, to be their encourager. Like that's really, really powerful, man. When you get a text message or a video message that just says, I'm thinking of you, hey, checking in on you, hope you're doing well. Like that can change your whole day. So I do that in the morning, what I call that the big three, but I also have the big three in the evening as well. And I think this is a great way to be able to track your progress, to be able to see how things like in, in your goals, in your dreams, in your 1% steps that you're taking is, I'll have, I'll write down three things before I go to bed that I'm gonna focus on the next morning. So I know that when I, after my morning routine, I'm able to just go right into my main three points and that like, those are going to be my three focuses because far too often we have so many things bombarding us left and right, especially this time during this, this virus time. We don't know what's coming, but to be able to keep that focus on three main things, keep it on the main important things. So it's, it's, a, it's a good way to remember, hey, three text messages or three, three video messages, three big things. And like you're compiling those days, Ed, that's 1% that's win, 1% win, 1% win. And that compounding effect just just kicks into play. And I want so so I want you guys to get pivot and go because I want you to hear the entire routine. But you know, one thing that I love is that it's simple. Complexity yep. is the enemy of execution, yep. especially at the highest level of things. You can't, it can't be complicated things that someone's thinking through in a routine. They've got to be able to do it quickly. It is interesting that you and I had never met you know, until today, but I've been we've been familiar with each other's work for a while. But, you know, I wrote a book and I think the opening line of the book is we have 86,400 thoughts a day. I start talking immediately about thinking. I also uh, do a cold shower. We both use chili pads. Maybe we'll get into that in a minute. It's amazing how we're, we're both learned to sleep a little bit differently. But you talk very eloquently about how many self-talk thoughts you have a day, which is different than total thoughts. And then this notion, guys, if your mind isn't blown so far, you're welcome because when you hear about Highlight Reel, which he works with athletes, and then you hear about the self-talk thoughts a day, this is groundbreaking stuff right here, guys. So would you address that for a second? I know you know where I'm going, but they don't yeah. do it. I love it. Ed. And first, big credit to you, too, because it like we're able to give people tools and it's not like super overly complicated. You, you hear far too often all these doctors and everybody talking like, it sounds great, but I don't know how to apply it. This is way over my head. So yeah. yes, thank you and big credit to you. So in the, the highlight reel is really, really powerful. Let's, let's start off with the highlight reel. And that, that, that's the moment that you know you feel like you're just in the zone where you're killing it. You're having the best meeting, the best sales call. But for my basketball players, the best game that they've ever played. And I'll have them watch their, their clips so you can visualize yourself your best moment that you've had going through it. And I'll have them do it every morning when they wake up. I'll have them do it before they step on the floor for practice and before they step on the floor for games. So constantly you're being put in this frame of mind that this, your highlight reel, you are at your best. You can be this person because these self-talk thoughts, we have 50,000 on average self-talk thoughts, 50,000, 80% of those are negative. So think about that, 40, thousand self-talk thoughts negative going through your head throughout the day like that's i mean that's terrible but we can pivot this by one tool being living in your highlight reel where you're constantly watching yourself at your best and and i mean this is this isn't something that's just like oh this is 
airy fairy and up there. No, you have done this. Like you have literally done this. You can do this again. You will do this again. And we can, we can pivot these self-talk thoughts into being 80% positive to 20% negative. And just think about how much that can open up, just not just for yourself, but how infectious living in that becomes to others. Okay. So I'm a mom. I'm not a mom, but I'm listening and I'm a mom uh, or I'm a business person. I might be a young athlete. I could be an entrepreneur, whatever. I'm a dentist. You're saying to me that I ought to put together a highlight reel of the best moments or moment of my life. And I should be visualizing that video when and how often. Yeah, absolutely. Like even to the, it, the more detail you can get with things, the better. So you're watching, like, let's say your mom and you, made this unbelievable meal or your kid got a great report card all in the same day. And it's like, this was your most, your proudest day. Now you're going to do this in the morning. When you wake up, you can do it along with your hands. After you're done wiping the mirror clean, you can just visually sit there and see this going, see that day, like see what you wore, see what you ate, see who you interacted with, recreate that day in your mind and that subconscious is, is where it's actually going to live. So you're living in that highlight real zone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can de I mean, definitely visualize seeing yourself going through that moment that you were, you were absolutely at your best. And I, I do it three times a day myself. I, my NBA players do it three times a day, but I do it three times a day. I do it when after my morning routine, when I'll have my coffee, I'll be doing it during that time. I'll do it during lunch. I'll do it during dinner. So I'm scheduling it in. So I think it's really important that we actually schedule things into where if we're we're not just going to say we're going to do them. We, we put them on the calendar, but to the point of, of being very detailed about it, like even for goal. So what I want to do is second that everybody, because, you know, one of the things I've done, you know, without really knowing I did it is every time before I speak, when I walk out on a stage, I literally go through a highlight reel of the best talk and talks of my career, the feeling in my body, what it looked like. One of the thing with all of you with your visualizations too, that I want to tell you is it's like meditation. You'll get better at doing it over time. You'll build the muscle of it. You'll be able to see it more clearly. You can slow it down into slow motion. You can change the colors. You'll learn to zoom in. And to the extent that you get great at doing it, it imprints it more deeply in your subconscious mind. So give yourself the gift of doing that regularly. The other thing you talk about, man, that I love is, you know, we've, talked, we've had experts on our show about flow state here. We talk a lot about focus. thought it was interesting. I'd never heard somebody say this before, but you were saying you can have a little bit too much flow and a little too much focus. You talk about, is it flocus? Well, yeah. yeah. What is that? What's it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite terms because we all want to be in the flow state and we all want to be focused, but often it doesn't go hand in hand, but it's, it's that rhythm that you can be in flow cuss. So right. with, with basketball players or anybody that, that is, is trying to do something at a high level, sometimes we overanalyze things and we really like, okay, I got to, I got to do this with my elbow on my shot. I got to get to this spot on the court, or I got to do this in the business meeting that I'm at. And it, and it takes us out of that flow, that natural rhythm and the, the talent that, that we have that we've developed over preparation over time. So the key is in this focus state, you are in the flow, you are, you're going off all the preparation, all those hours that you put in the 10,000 hours rule. That's a real thing. Like that is, that is real. As much as we want to think there's shortcuts, there's not shortcuts. It's the, the, the myelin in our brain is what develops the, the muscle memory, as we know, for, mm -hmm. for sports, for whatever we're doing, but also for our mindset, too. So we, we live in this flow that we've developed through the 10,000 hours. 
now we can also be very focused, very streamlined while letting our flow being able to take care of the rest. Mm. So it's, you don't, I mean, both are great, mm -hmm. but if you combine them, it's even more powerful. I love it. You talk about, uh, oh, I'm loving this. Just so you know, this is my favorite shows where it's just, it just, it's just naturally it goes Two people trying to serve. Um, Self-confidence is a huge thing. My son just went off to college and people have asked me, you know, are you, I don't know if I'm a good dad or a bad dad, but I know that what I wanted my son to leave with was some sort of moral compass, which for us that comes through faith, but I want him to be a good person. I wanted him to embody really, really good work ethic, right? I wanted him to have self-confidence. And the fourth thing is I want him to be able to communicate very well. I think if you have those four things in life, you've got a moral compass, faith, you got great work ethic. You have self-confidence and you can communicate. You're going to do pretty well in the world. Those four things. The third one, so many people just struggle with overall. It's, it's at the core of your work, whether it's, I think it surprises most people that some of the best athletes in the world also struggle with self-confidence. They think they're alone in this and you do have seven steps. I'm curious, you probably know I was going to ask you this, but why do you think it's such a struggle naturally for humans, it seems? Maybe it's not natural. Maybe we learn it to not have confidence. And then could you give us one other thing that you think, cause you say, I infuse people with confidence, the athletes you work with, that's a direct quote. Another step to helping me build my self-confidence if I'm listening or watching. Yes, absolutely. Great question. And first off, Ed, like that is, we, we know where we get our joy is through the faith. That was so cool that you have your son and that like, that's, that's why I do everything I do they, with, with joy, because I know I have faith. I know I have Jesus. And so Amen. first of all, that's, that's amazing. But yes, confidence and having this unshakable confidence is something we all struggle with. Like 98% of us are thinking of the worst case scenario, even though 98% of the time, the worst case scenario doesn't happen. It's just yeah. built in us to think that worst case is going to happen. And so I'll give you an example. So the, the confidence, like I've preached the confidence gospel to my NBA players for years and years, and I've seen it take them literally from, from average players to future hall of famers, just on that self-confidence alone. And, and I know we, we all can look around and we, we see that the uh, our success, we see our results in certain situations, we see our resume and we can find some confidence in that. And that's, that's just, that, that's great, but that's just the tip of the iceberg of what true confidence is and understanding this is the foundation literally i think literally of everything for confidence for mindset is true self-awareness and mm. what i mean by true self-awareness is knowing what you stand for why you do what you do and having it be something bigger than yourself so i'll give you an example real quick one of my best friends is jeremy lynn and jeremy went through this time with the New York Knicks. It was called Lynn Sanity. He was like taking over the NBA. He was, he was going game winners, 30 point game. Like he was the number one trending thing in, in the world for weeks. But if Jeremy was being honest, he would tell you that he, like, he didn't really embrace that moment that he was going through that because he was living in the what ifs. What if I don't keep this up? What will people think of me? What if I can't keep performing at this level? And it drove him nuts. Mm -hmm. So those results that everybody saw, man, he should be so confident. He was, he was very unconfident. Mm -hmm. But so one of the biggest things that I've seen over my career that I'm the most proud of is seeing Jeremy come into his own and realize his own self-awareness and that the fact mm -hmm. that he stands for so much more than just basketball, 
production that he stands for his, his Taiwanese people for his faith in Jesus and for being a great gourmet chef in the kitchen. Like he has, he has self-awareness <laughs> and things other than what the world is saying. Hey, this is where you have to be. Like, this is who you have to be. So good. I uh, dropped my son off at college and obviously that self-confidence thing is the biggest piece. He's a college athlete too. And it's amazing that you just phrased it that way. I just want to second things because we've not talked about this stuff. It's just remarkable. And the last, my, my people that listen to my show regularly will know this. I, I left my son. The last thing I said to him, is, I said, remember who you are and what you stand for. Yes. And all of your confidence can come from those things. And I think there's something, by the way, self-awareness is something I talk about an awful lot. I completely agree with you. The other thing is, I don't think people give themselves enough credit for their intentions. So I think confidence can come from, I'm a good person. I intend to do well. Um, there's a reciprocity in life, you know, whether you believe in, if you're a Christian like you and I, the parable of the sower that, you know, the, there's reciprocity in life. Um, what you reap is what you sow also, which is not the parable of the sower, but it's a scripture. Karma, whatever you think it is in your life, that their power to intention that I don't think enough people will give themselves confidence just stemming from their awareness of their intention. Do you not agree with that? I completely agree with that. I love that. I love that so much on so many yeah. levels. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, what it is at the core is knowing that, hey, you are preparing for your opportunity daily. We don't know when that time is going to come. God has that time. And it's, it's on a much better time than we can even imagine. But everything you do is a preparation for an opportunity to come. The person that you are today, how you act, no matter who's watching or no matter what your job title is, is going to determine what you're going to be. And I have a story in the book. One of my, one of my former teammates when I was playing in Europe, he, he came over and he, was, he got a contract with the Spurs. And now he was a great player over in Europe. And he's playing with the Spurs. And so he goes from this being this star to this bench guy. And he told me, he's like, David, I'm going to be the best towel waver in the NBA. Like literally he was going to embrace being on the bench and just waving his towel and encouraging others. And from that alone, like that became so infectious to teammates where he finally got his opportunity. He made the most of it because he was ready, because he was pouring into teammates where he's ended up making about a hundred million dollars with different teams throughout his NBA career, but would have mm -hmm. never done that if he didn't embrace the moment he was in and do the absolute best with what he was given, understanding that every day was a preparation for a greater opportunity to come. How do you do that? How do you, in your opinion, you know, being in the moment, you know, I've talked about something called blissful dissatisfaction. I'm just curious as your take on it, nice. where you, you find the ability to be present in this moment, even though perhaps it's not the place you'd like to be permanently. In other words, someone may say, look, I'll embrace the moment right now, but you know, I am unemployed and I'd like to be working again. How do I embrace this moment yet still keep my focus or my at least some of my intention into the future? That dynamic, I guess, is one of the keys to life, right? We're always going to be trying to get better and better at it. But do you have any insights into that? Man, to be honest, it's, it all comes down to, like, who are you doing it for? Like, if, if, if you're stuck in that situation and it's only about yourself, it's only about where you're going to be, then you're probably going to be miserable through it. I mean, you can look at it like, hey, I'm going to put a few years into this and then I'll be out of it. I understand it's a preparation for an opportunity. But even in the times of suck of being in that pit, like you can really find gold for other people in there. And it's, wow. I mean, I think it just all comes back. Like knowing in my own life experience and being around 
so many high performers that, that we know that once, once you fully detach from caring about your own, like how you look, how you look to others, what the media say, anything like that, and, and, and focus on serving others, like genuinely serving others, everything opens up, man. And, yeah. and I recall some story you told about that that I'd like you to tell, because yeah. I only recall part of it, about like the cornerstones or, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah. I, I was in Israel, and if you haven't been to Israel, it's, it's amazing, like the mm. coolest place, seeing where Jesus walked. And there's a temple mount, which is the big temple in Jerusalem, and there's these cornerstones that are just magnificent. They're huge. They're beautiful, and you can see them right there. But the funny thing is, is that underneath the surface, there's these cornerstones you can't see that are even bigger, even more beautiful. You don't see them on the surface. They're not getting the publicity or the look at me like these cornerstones are out there, but they are the foundation that grows everything. And so whether you have two followers on Instagram or 200 million, it doesn't matter. Like you can be that cornerstone. You can be the impact. You can change one life. And that one person that you change their life could go on and change a million. So that in effect, you changed a million people's lives. Oh, brother. I love that. That's, I, was, I was really hoping that. What's interesting about this interview, you and I both, and I think it trips people out about me most of the time too, is we're both real brain-oriented and science-oriented, yet we're both men of deep faith. And that dynamic is sort of surprising to some people when they hear the two. And uh, you know, along those lines, I, I want to talk a little about science stuff now just for a second. But um, I've heard you talk about float tanks. And I just am curious as your take on them. Tell people what they are, number one, and if you're a believer in them and what you think they do for somebody if you think they do make a difference. Yeah, I mean, float tanks are a great tool, an optimization tool that really, I mean, it's kind of like meditation where you can get into that state where you're, your mind isn't racing. And far too often, our mind is just racing with the things we have to do, the thoughts that we have. And float tanks, to me, what they do is they really clear my mind. It's almost like yep. a reset button to me Agreed. where I can just, like, when I come out of float tanks, and I, I love the virtual float tanks especially, and a lot of NBA teams are jumping on board with this, but it's a great way to, you know how people say they detox? It's a great way, I think, to just hit that, hit that restart, recharge button. So, everyone, if you don't know what it is, it's because we're in a time crunch here. I'd encourage you to Google it. People that I work with, everybody that maybe struggle with some mental health issues as well, that have tried other things, that are like, you know, that quite worked for me. I always say, at least give the float tank process uh, an opportunity for you. I'm getting chills just because I've had several people that I've recommended that to tell me it's been great for their mental health. For someone in my case, you know, I've struggled a little bit with that stuff, but for me, it's exactly how you described it. You know, I do cold showers and cryo and these other things, but for me, it's also a recharge, a reset, um, a refocus for someone who's an elite performer too. But if you struggle with mental health, I think at least giving it a chance, uh, float tank technology, you would uh, perhaps find some benefit from. Now, this is something I don't know much about. What's red light technology? Yeah. What is that? So red light therapy is, mm. it, it's a type of recovery module that is, it, the, I mean, the red light is what really, it, it brings out your cells. It regenerates basically everything about you. It's almost like a supercharger and you get in there like a tanning bed. So this is, if you can do two combos, I would honestly say the float tank and the red light charger, red light therapy. I'm sure people are familiar with Juve, but mm -hmm. it's, 
I mean, and without knowing like the exact details, super, super scientific, like it really is a, a recharge rejuvenation tool uh, that, I mean, it's a, it's a big time recovery tool for you mentally and physically. Wow. Boy, we're covering a lot here today. A couple more things. Uh, one of the reasons I want to acknowledge you, though, first, before we maybe ask one more question, is I just want to acknowledge you because it's apparent to me your goodness and your genuineness. And I love when I find somebody whose actions are sort of lining up with what their soul's been calling them to do. I just feel like you're right in your purpose doing this, brother. You're great at it. You're a little bit younger than me. And I just want to encourage you to continue to grow into this because I think you're remarkable. I, we have mutual friends we were talking before about Trevor Moad and Dr. Andrew Huberman, who I just think are amazing people also. And um, you just, you're called to do this. You're remarkable. And so I encourage everybody, go get Pivot and Go. Follow him on social media. Follow him on Instagram. What's your Instagram? We'll put it up on the screen on YouTube, but what's your Instagram? David Nurse NBA, Instagram and Twitter. NBA. So you guys get access to what these elite athletes are getting, you know, every single day. Um, I, I wonder what your advice would be just as a general overall strategy. Um, one thing I find myself doing more of that might surprise you is that I'm working with a lot of former athletes. Yeah. And um, you know this, that so many of our brothers that play in the NBA or NFL or MLB or UFC or whatever, their identity is very much tied up in what they do. And for a lot of people doing this, their identity is tied up in, I'm a mother, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm this, I'm that. And their identity is tied up in what they somewhat do as opposed to who they are. And so a lot of professional athletes struggle post-career to find you know, and they're young people, they're 30, they're 35, they're 40 years old, they've got more than half their life left. And I think there's a lot of people, my guess is today, who need a restart, they need a literally a pivot, they need to change things Their, you know, their career that was maybe not be or maybe they climbed it pretty far. And they're like, yeah, it wasn't what it was cracked up to be. That's not what my calling is. What would your advice be to somebody who needs an identity shift, who needs a new vision, who needs a new dream again in their life, what counsel would you give them? Man, that's such a great point. And, and honestly, I would have them sit down and just kind of just, just really think about it. Take a little time to have some self-assessment and not just, just be doing, doing and going and going, but think about like why, why you wake up in the morning, like what juices you up? At the end of the day, if we don't do something that we're passionate about in some capacity of our life, it doesn't have to be your full-time thing yet. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna just burn out. You're gonna you drive yourself nuts. So really at the core, figure out your purpose. Figure out what, what your mission is. And, and Ed, thank, thank you so much for the kind words. I reciprocate them back to you. Like every time that I hear one of your podcasts, it's like, this is the most important podcast to you. The person is the best. And I love it. Man. It's, it's, it's so true and genuine. And, and that's another key of it as well. Like you are pouring it to others. You're not doing this for your own gain, but you're doing it to help everyone else. Thank you. So figuring out your purpose, figuring out your, your, your drive, your passion, and then figuring out how you can use that to help other people. But, but the big thing then too is like, okay, now I need a blueprint. And you need to figure out, what your big goal is, if you could create your ultimate dream life, super detailed, write that out. And then you're going to figure out what type of steps using these type of tools that you're going to take to get there. And you're not just going to give up your job that's making income for your family just right off the bat. But how can you do something for free in this area? How can you develop a relationship here? 
And it, it, it all comes down to, like we were talking about relationships, I call it my golden 15, where I've developed, where I've poured into other people so much that I know that I have a person in this area or this, like, like investing or business that I can always turn to for advice. And we can all do that. Like we can all create these. So it's, it's a cumulation of a lot. It's, I know it sounds like a lot, but just figure out your purpose, your drive, what juices you up, what gives you that hell yeah when you wake up in the morning. Figure out who you're doing it for. What can you do it for a bigger purpose to serve others? And then create a blueprint and write those steps out and understand that you're going to fall off that horse. There is never a straight line to success. It's always up and down and curvy to get there. But if you stay on that path, you take that 27 years to become an overnight success. You prepare for that opportunity every single day. It's going to come. And it, it probably won't come in the package gift wrap like you think it is, like you write it out. It might be a slight pivot, but it's going to be even better. And I'll leave you with one, one thing, one of my favorite, my favorite quotes, and it pretty much kick-started my life after I poured everything I could to play in the NBA and I was cut from a second division joke of a team Will Ferrell, semi-pro basketball over in Spain, was I was sitting on my parents' recliner chair, feeling bad for myself, living there for about five months, nothing, no money to my name, nothing. And my mom said when she was doing dishes, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. And it caught me off guard. I was like, I've never heard that before. But it's so true. It's so true. If a door closes, it's just four more doors are going to open, but you have to have your eyes open to it. Oh, man. Mom was right. And I've never heard that before either, brother. And by the way, I uh, would be honored to apply for a position to someday be in the golden 15 in your life. So I would love it, man. Yeah. I would love it. I'm definitely, I'm definitely honored to uh, be up for consideration even. Thank you, David. This was awesome. Like it flew by and hope you guys follow him on Instagram. And uh, you know, one thing you get access to nowadays, brother, is virtual mentors. You can have your virtual golden 15 as well. And certainly after hearing you today, I think there's an awful lot of people that think that, that you should be one of those for them. So, hey, everyone, by the way, in that regard, you know, every day on Instagram, I run the max out two minute drill. I do that just so I can engage more closely with you. So I know what types of guests you want on my show. David fits the absolute perfect description of what many of you have been asking me for recently, especially coming off all this political talk we've been doing in the last few weeks. And uh, so every day I post at 730 Pacific time. 10:30 Eastern. First two minutes, have your notifications on. Make a comment. You're in a drawing. If you miss the first two minutes, make a comment any time of day. As long as you comment on every post at the end of the week, we add those up. People who comment every day, we pick a winner from there. And the more you reply to other people's comments, increases your chance to win. Fly on the jet. Come see me speak. Meetings with the guests on my show. Max out gear. My book. All kinds of great stuff. And so again, participate in the max out two minute drill. And David, thank you so much for today, brother. I enjoyed it tremendously. And it's, it's, it's a big time honor, man. Keep being that awesome light you are to so many, brother. You too. Amen. God bless everybody. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.